So last week, uh, I was out of rough greens for a couple of days, and Uno, I, I mean, it was amazing. He went right back to, I had to stand there, watch him eat. Every time I would try to leave him, he would walk out of the room, and then he would put his nose down in the dish, and then he'd look up to me like, are you, are you here? I'm like, dude, I'm here. Just eat. He would only eat half of his bowl, had to get some more rough greens, got them. He is snarfing it and licking the bowl dry again. Uh, I don't know what's in it, but it's good. It's good for him, and he loves it. All you have to do is sprinkle uh, about a, I, I think I use about a tablespoon uh, onto, his, uh, onto his food, and he wolfs it down, and he is very, very active. I want you to just get a free bag of rough greens. It's a little trial bag just to make sure that your dog would eat it. Uh, and if, if your dog loves it as much as Uno, then order a full bag and watch the difference in your dog. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. Pat is in for the meandering stew yet again. Uh, we join uh, the radio broadcast in just a second. Everybody who is in the sound of my voice needs to memorize this and say it to yourself and say it to your family every day. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Not to stand is to stand. Not to speak is to speak. And God will not hold us blameless. We know what the difference is between right and wrong. We know and it's becoming more and more clear what's evil what's good so now are you going to remain silent when you hear evil or will you let your voice be heard will you stand i'm going to show you how out of control critical race theory has become and if anyone thinks that this is where it ends you're sadly mistaken I give it to you in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck program. By the way, I, I haven't said good morning yet, have I? Hello, and welcome to the uh, program. American financing is out there. They can, uh, uh, th- there are a lot of ways to get cash into your bank account quickly, and they know them. Uh, I mean, you could play the lottery. You could gamble at a casino. could walk around waiting for the moment till somebody, you know, unwittingly drops their wallet and doesn't notice it i'm rich my personal favorite is you could call the white house and uh pretend you're from iran hello and uh maybe they'll just drop off some cash if you're smart you would go the right way and that is american financing one of the main benefits of something like a mortgage refinance is that it frees up cash so you have a lot of extra money to put towards savings your college tuition home improvements uh gold silver uh things of value when you go when you do that and you go through american financing you're likely saving money on the payments um uh, every single month and the payment that you have for your credit card not just your mortgage 
There's one way to find out how much money you could save every single month. Pay off those bills. American Financing. Call American Financing now at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So our gratitude goes to Barry Weiss uh, for exposing this. Barry Weiss is not a conservative. She was with the New York Times, and uh, she had to leave there because she was starting to come under attack. And she has she's liberal. She's liberal. And so she has been speaking out against the insanity that the left now has embraced. Um, Pat, I know you you uh, saw this this weekend as well, so I'd love your comments. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play uh, I'm going to play some cuts here from uh, this lecture. This is from a, a a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst out of New York City. She's speaking at the Yale School of Medicine. Now, <laughs> uh, why is this a problem? Well, if you if you have time today, just look up the T4 program. Uh, I think it's T4. Is it T4, T2, uh, Pat? Could you look that up? Um, it is the the beginning of the extermination camps in Germany. You see, those weren't started by guys in black uniforms. They were the exact opposite. All of that, all of the Holocaust, it all started with people in white uniforms and scrubs. They were the doctors and the nurses. And already the AMA has said they're putting critical race theory into the medical profession. The guy who used to be the chief editor of uh, the journal of uh, AMA has been fired. He's been there for years. Sorry, he hasn't been fired. He retired after he spoke out and said, we can't put this into the medical field. You can't inject politics and you can't inject CRT. He then suddenly decided to retire on his own. This is this is uh, now being exposed. Thank goodness by Barry Weiss. And uh, this is only the beginning of this. If we don't all stand up here, she is giving a lecture on the psych, uh, psychopathic problem of the white mind. I'm going to play these in reverse, please, for engineering on television. Let's play cut, uh, what is it, five, please. We need to remember that directly talking about race to white people is useless because we're at the wrong level of conversation. Addressing racism assumes that white people can see and process what we are talking about. They can't. That's why they sound demented. They don't even know they have a mask on. White people think it's their actual face. We need to get to know the mask. Black rage has nothing to do with black people and everything to do with white people. Okay. All right. So talking to white people. See, her whole idea here is that white people are literally out of their minds. And so like CRT, there's no redemption. You can't save them because they're so far gone. They are racism is part of who they are that why talk to them? Now, I I want you to understand 
if you think someone is too far gone that you can't even talk to them and they are the biggest threat to your life what options are left for you can you coexist can you coexist with someone who wants you dead can you coexist with somebody who wants you to be their slave can you coexist and have a neighbor that is psychotic and doesn't even know it and is working against you and your race 24-7. If I can't talk to them, if there is no saving them, then I either have to put them in a camp or chain them up or kill them. Cut four. So white people are out of their minds and they have been for a long time. So we're not in a psychological predicament because white people feel that we are bullying them when we bring up race. They feel that we should be thanking them for all that they have done for us. They are confused and so are we. Can you hear me okay? Let me let me restate again exactly what she said verbatim. We are now in a psychological predicament because white people feel that we are bullying them when we bring up race. They feel that we should be thanking them for all that we have done, uh, all that they have done for us. I don't feel that way. Pat, do you know anyone that feels I, that way? No, I've never seen it. I've never heard it. No. I have, you know who, you know who probably does feel that way? The people in the White House who are mm -hmm. saying that right. uh, black people can't get an accountant, uh, they can't get a lawyer. So those people probably do think that they should be thanked for all that they are doing because they're saying that black people can't do it on their own. That's not a conservative. That's not a constitutionalist. That's not the Americans that I know. Okay. He said they are. She, she went on. She said they are confused, meaning white people. And so are we. We keep forgetting that directly talking about race is a waste of our breath. We are asking a demented, violent predator who thinks that they are a saint or a superhero to accept responsibility. Now, let me flip this around. I know there are a lot of people that think, how are we going to deal with these Marxists? Because they'll never change their mind. How are you going to deal with Antifa? Well, Antifa, if they won't change their mind, if they won't come and see the light of what their violence really is and what they're advocating for, there's there's only really one thing you can do, and that is put them in prison uh, because they're breaking the law. But if they're demented and a violent predator who think they are a saint or a superhero and they won't accept responsibility, they have to go to jail or worse. 
That's what she's saying about all white people. She said it ain't going to happen because they have five holes in their brain. It's like banging your head against a brick wall. It's just sort of like not a good idea. Next cut, please. Why are white people so confused by black rage? More importantly, why do white people have so little empathy towards black rage? In 1846, Chappelle begged white women to just shut up. White women cannot stop talking for longer than five minutes because they think that they are here to teach us about white privilege. And I saw the same type of thinking in all white people in the institutions I was at. But now I got some tools. So let's just say I got a roadmap to the white minds. Are you out of your mind if you can't see that? Uh, You know, all I keep thinking is um, what you believe, so shall it be. So whatever it is that you believe, uh, she believes that she is surrounded by by lunatics, that all whites are lunatics and they're everywhere. Of course, that's exactly what she'll find, because she won't have a reasonable conversation with anyone. Cut two, please. Around five years ago, I took some action. I systemically, systematically, I'm going to do, white groups did, most of my white friends, and I got rid of a couple white BIPOCs that snuck in my throat, too. I stopped watching the news. Once I started, I couldn't stop. I had less than 1% left. It was also public service. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, daring their body, and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively gentlemen. With a bounce on my step, like I did the world of favor. Okay, so there's two things she's saying here. The first, she said in real life, she's gotten rid of all of her white friends. She's gotten rid of all of her white friends. So now uh, you are completely isolated. You're not, you're isolating yourself. You're not allowing yourself uh, to experience anything different. You know, you know who did this? Uh, the Nazis did this. The Nazis isolated themselves from Jews. Do you know the number one reason why people saved Jews in Germany? What they said verbatim? Yes, Jews are bad, but I know this one, and this one isn't bad. They had so isolated themselves that they had felt that all Jews were bad, except the one they knew. So if you're taking people and you're saying, I'm getting rid of all of my white friends... Can you imagine if you said, I'm getting rid of all my black friends? First of all, you'd be a Klan member. This woman is saying, get rid of all of my uh, white friends. She's part of the white Klan. She's part of this this uh, uh, Klan that is against white people. There is no difference between the... The ideology, there's no difference between what they are advocating. So she's saying, I'm getting rid of my white friends. But then she says, I fantasized. Now, she's a psychoanalyst. So when you're fantasizing about something, there's a deeper meaning behind this. There is something psychologically wrong with you. If we had somebody in school that was writing a paper 
about how he fantasized on killing all of the kids in his school, we would have him banned from school and he would be in an institution. Am I wrong on that, Pat? Any doubt? No doubt at all. No doubt. If I said on the air, I have a fantasy of killing X, Y, or Z, and and it was part of my rhetoric because these people are so dangerous, whoever these people are, these people are so dangerous, they're insane, they have to be stopped, there's no dealing with them. I have this fantasy, I would lose my job, rightfully so. She said she has a fantasy where she unloads a revolver into the head of any white person that got in her way, then burying them, wiping off her hands with a bounce in her step because she had done the uh, people of the world a favor. Again, this is a lecture from the Yale School of Medicine the child psychology department. One more clip and then I'm going to break. White people's expectation is that we need to take their attacks with gratitude and apologize for our anger. Not we're overly sensitive and crazy. Our rage is the real problem. Except nothing makes me angrier than a white person who tells me to not be angry because they have not seen real anger yet. I did this for years in a psychoanalysis, where every time I got angry around race, this white called me psychotic. She told me that the problem was that I was, quote, too smart, and that I either had to be psychic or psychotic. Her interpretations had nothing to do with me. Psychoanalysis was used on the, as a weapon on me to have aspects of her mind, a projection which I'll unpack. She'd attack me through racist interpretations and then make my anger, quote, the problem. I spent years unpacking her racism to her while she charged me cash money for years. And then she'd attempt to, quote, teach me because she had concern about my anger. I couldn't get her to shut the up. This is the cost of talking to white people at all. The cost of your own life as they stuff you dry. There are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. Hmm. Okay. Let me, let me break that one down for you. In 60 seconds. Our sponsor this half hour is Timeshare Termination Team. Uh, summer is here. We're sort of, you know, picking our teeth up off of the floor after being knocked out uh, over the last year. But it is time to do some financial house cleaning. And if one of those things on your list is getting rid of an unwanted timeshare, I have the answer for you. It's Timeshare Termination Team. They will 100% money back guarantee that you're out of the timeshare. Now, this is this is not a bunch of people, oh, I used to be in the timeshare industry. Oh, yeah, I made the Mai Tais. I did, you know, <laughs> I had some fun with some people, you know, and then I, I signed them into this crazy deal that there's no way out of. And, uh, well, now I've learned my lesson, so I'm in a new industry getting those people out. That's not what Timeshare Termination Team is. Timeshare Termination Team is a team of attorneys. This is all they do. They've never sold these things. They know exactly who those people are and legally 
What can be done to get you out? 100% money-back guarantee, and you'll save 20% off their services for all military veterans, active-duty personnel, and their families. Uh, make sure that you take advantage of this offer. Call, Use my name, Glenn Beck, and you'll get that offer. 888-GET-YOU-OUT. 888-GET-YOU-OUT. Do it now. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so there's a couple of things that we have to do. Um, and one of them is not be enraged. And I know it's really hard. Um, you know, you have nobody is talking about uh, the the meeting on Black Wall Street that happened last week where one of the speakers, uh, in fact, several of the speakers uh, echoed these, but we must fight on every front to achieve, redre- uh, to achieve redress and reparations and the atrocities committed upon the Tulsa massacre descendants. We must intensify the fight to re- uh, for reparations, reparations for 40 million blacks still affected by racism, inequality, wealth, disparity, police brutality, and the like. Um, uh, it is time for us to kill everything white in sight we're pushing death to white supremacy death to capitalism death to imperialism death to fascism we're pushing for an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth a head for a head and a life for a life okay um nobody's talking about that that happened last week it's white supremacy that is the biggest uh, threat to america you know that not to be true First thing you have to do is not be enraged by it because anger. Give me Yoda, Pat, will you? On anger. Oof. He's so uh, clear. Anger. Anger leads to fear. fear. No. Anger <laughs> no, leads wait. to hate. Hate leads to fear. Fear leads to no. suffering or something no, to that fear. effect. I, no, fear. Fear leads to anger. Yeah. So start there. Fear. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Mm? Suffering. Yes. 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 Okay. No. So. Yes. Um, no. So yes. we cannot be angry, um, <laughs> but we have to take a stand. And I'm I'm mm. going to begin to lay this out for you in the next sixty minutes on how to take a stand and what we must do. Stand by. More in just a second. wish i had car shield for my forerunners because i've got i've got two little rhinos and they cost a fortune first time i bought it, these are like 10 years old first time i bought them I'm like you, you you want how much what they're really expensive and i can't get car shield on them i wish i could because both of them are down why maybe because i have five teenage boys running around with them did I say that out loud? Anyway, uh, Car Shield, Car Shield, do not get behind the eight ball when your car goes down. When your car goes down, uh, you know, you can be a glutton for punishment, but a huge punishment is coming because computer chips uh, are 
are almost impossible to get, and they're going to cost you an arm and a leg. Please, covered repairs. CarShield has your back. Something goes wrong, they're going to provide you a rental car, get your car into the mechanic of your choice, deal with them directly so you don't have to. CarShield.com slash Beck. If you use that, you'll save 10% now. CarShield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. Glenn Beck, Stuber Gear, Stephen Crowder, Dave Rubin, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck problem. <laughs> Glenn Beck program. I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Maybe it is a Glenbeck problem. I'm thinking about the problem that uh, Yale University had, the psychopathic problem of the white mind. This is something uh, that Barry Weiss has exposed, and she is she is very, very brave. She's on the left. She left the New York Times to start her own thing, so no one would tell her what to do. And uh, she got a recording uh, from the Yale School of Medicine's Child Study Center. And it was a New York-based psychiatrist. Uh, and uh, it's an ongoing program when, in which uh, clinicians and others in the field lecture students and faculty. Barry Weiss said when she first heard this, she thought it was a prank. And then she started looking this woman up, and she believes every single word of it. Now, the New York Times has done another story on her, and now they've exposed this, and they asked her for context, and she said, well, I, uh, I was taken completely out of context. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how you can be taken out of context when you say, I have a fantasy of shooting people, white people, burying them, and walking away with a bounce in my step because I've done humanity a favor. Uh, I don't know how to take you out of context when you say there is no redeeming of white people. Talking uh, race to white people is useless. Uh, addressing racism assumes that white people can see and process what we're talking about. They can't. That's why they sound so demented. Um, white people have a mask on and white people think that's their actual face. Uh, white people think we're bullying them when we bring up race. They feel we should be thanking them for all they've done for us. They're confused, and so are we. The cost of talking to white people at all. The cost of your own life as they suck you dry. There are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. Okay, I don't know how to, in what context those work. Except if you said before all of them. It would be incredibly racist and dangerous to say and then put those quotes in. But that's not what she did. We have the tape, uh, thanks to Barry uh, Weiss. Now, I want to play again. Cut one. I want you to listen to this again because it goes to our answer. Listen. White people's expectation is that we need to take their attacks with gratitude and apologize for our anger and not we're overly sensitive and crazy. Our rage is the real problem. Except nothing makes me angrier than a white person who tells me to not be angry because they have not seen real anger yet. I did this for years in a psychoanalysis where every time I got angry around race, this white called me psychotic. She told me that the problem was that I was, quote, too smart, 
and that I either have to be psychic or psychotic. Her interpretations had nothing to do with me. Psychoanalysis was used on the, as a weapon on me to have aspects of her mind, a projection which I'll unpack. She'd attack me through racist interpretations and then make my anger, quote, the problem. I spent years unpacking her racism to her while she charged me cash money for years. And then she'd attempt to, quote, teach me because she had concern about my anger. I couldn't get her to shut the f- up. This is the cost of talking to white people at all. The cost of your own life as they stuff you dry. There are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. Okay. This is a, this is a real problem. Um, she said that, uh, people tell her white people tell her that her anger is the problem, but they haven't seen real anger yet. That's a threat. And I don't know what that threat means. Um, I think I do seeing that in her text, she has fantasies of shooting all white people in the head. Um, she's also saying that a white person told her she's either psychic or psychotic. Well, that makes perfect sense if you believe that you know what all white people think. You know what's in the hearts of all white people, in the minds of all white people. You are either psychotic or you're psychic, and I don't believe in psychics. Um, at least for sure, I don't think she's psychic. Then she said she tried to teach me. This goes to her saying you can't teach white people. Because she's had somebody in her life that said, I'm really concerned about your anger. When I went to Auschwitz, I've told you a million times, but there are a few things that I want you to remember and Say them like mantras to yourself um, and write them down. Keep them posted in front of you. We must be able to remember and quote a few things. Bible scriptures would be really, really good. Um, but uh, uh, these two are, let me, give you, let me give you three. These three things I repeat almost all the time that are really important. One. There are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I uh, that I do not believe. So there might be things that you believe that are going on that you don't need to say right now. But don't you ever get into a situation where you are writing a paper in school or you are or you are uh, being asked to do something at work. Do not ever ever say the things that you do not believe don't you will become part of the problem there is a reason they want you to write these things down there's a reason they want you to uh, study them and say them out loud and be in groups while you say them it is imprinting that on your soul you cannot cannot do that and not be changed the second thing is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, said, um, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Not to stand is to stand. Not to speak is to speak. And God will not hold us guiltless. We must stand. 
we must take a stand. We must speak out because this is evil. And anyone within this, I don't care who you voted for, you know this is evil. And a, a sign that this is known to be evil is there, this woman's getting pushback even from the left. Now, she's not getting, she's not being banned until 2024 because, you know, she could be a danger to our society. But she's at least getting some pushback, which means even the crazies know she at least shouldn't have said it out loud. That's the scary thing. There are many people that will believe this, but will drop the radical pose for the radical ends. The last thing you need to remember, and it really pulls off of this. She said, um, this woman told her that her rage is a problem. Yes, rage is a problem. Name the thing that you have ever done when you were in a rage that you're proud of. I'd like to, I'd like to hear from you. If you have something that you've done in a rage that you are proud of, call me. The only time I can think of anything that might have been done in a rage that I can't believe you'd be proud of, but maybe was for the good, and listen to this carefully, was when rage is used as a weapon. When you're in war, become enraged. It's a good thing because all of your other senses stop all of your other roadblocks all of the all of the neurological bridges that stop you from killing someone when you're in a rage you will kill so i guess maybe it could be said that rage is a good thing in war maybe maybe but not if you're really good at war I am speaking as a novice here. My apologies to anyone who's actually fought in a war. But I would imagine the cooler you can uh, maintain your head, the better soldier you are. Rage might be good to get people to do it when they didn't want to do it. I think of uh, uh, Fury, the movie Fury, where they're like, you got to hate those Germans. Hate is good when you're trying to kill people. So when she says, my rage isn't a problem, my anger isn't a problem, and she follows it with, because you haven't seen real anger yet, what does that mean? By the way, when you want to kill somebody and you're in a rage... You walk in and your wife is with another man. I mean, your wife, you walk in, Pat, am I wrong? You walk in with your wife mm -hmm. and she's with another woman. I mean, <laughs> that would lessen my rage. Yeah. Yeah. Be Miller time. Um, <laughs> but if you, <laughs> if you walk in to the room and your wife is with another man, mm -hmm. you can be enraged and you won't get first degree murder. You can get second degree murder because you flew into a rage. Right. She said they want us to apologize for our rage. How many times have you had to apologize when you flew off the handle? 
even if it was justified in your own mind. Mm -hmm. This woman is from Iran. And um, I find it interesting because if she came over here to be free, she should know better. What does Iran or the Islamic countries include in their uh, judicial system, in their sentencing in particular, that we do not? The person who gets to sentence the guilty is the the victim. So if you had a violent rape, this never happened in Iran, but let's just say that you you were raped violently by three men and somehow in Islamic country they would find the men guilty, you decide the punishment. We don't do that because you're too close to it. You can't balance justice and mercy. So she's she's saying, don't apologize for the rage. We have to act on our rage. Here's the last thing I want you to remember. The world is completely upside down. It's upside down and inside out. Do you remember when we used to say that that's what they're trying to do? Turn it all upside down and inside out. It is now inside out and upside down. People are wearing their clothes backwards and inside out. And they say, no, this is the way it's always been. This is the right way to do it. No, it's not. And all of us, most of us, remember what a parent or a grandparent or a trusted teacher or somebody who really impacted your life. We know what they taught us. We know the difference between right and wrong. We know that our rage is wrong. We know we should apologize for our anger. We know that we should go back and have polite conversations because that's the only way that anything can get done. We know also from our parents, our grandparents, especially probably our grandparents, if you don't stand up and say something, you're part of the problem. If you, if you don't stand up and peacefully let your voice be heard, and say, this is wrong. If you don't stand up for the little guy when they're being bullied, and I don't care what side they're on, I don't care what color they are, I don't care where they're from. If you don't stand up for the little guy who is getting bullied, you're part of the problem. This is the last thing I want you to remember, and I've said it a million times, and I used to really feel horrible for saying it over and over again, but it has to be said. When I was in Auschwitz and I met one of the one of the people who saved Jews, she told me, you misunderstand the righteous didn't suddenly become righteous. They just refused to go over the cliff with the rest of society. That's where we are. Don't go over the cliff. Back in a second. All right. Sometimes late at night when you can't sleep, you'll lay there on your pillow, staring up at the ceiling, just waiting for sleep to come. And your pillow is hot or your pillow is flat. Uh, you can sleep on my pillow because it doesn't get hot and it doesn't go flat. You you punch each you put your fist through each side of the pillow. It's actually good therapy too. You put your uh, uh fist through each side of the pillow before you go to sleep and it stays fluffed up all night. 
If you don't own a MyPillow uh, or you know somebody who doesn't, now is the time to buy one. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, the one that started it all for his lowest price ever at $29.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. So a standard or a queen is $29.98. For 5 bucks more, you get a king. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. You'll find this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on the Giza bed sheets, the uh, MyPillow mattress topper, the towel sets, the slippers, everything. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com slash BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We have uh, some answers for you on what to do next. This is the Glenn Beck program.